It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Happy Sunday, and I hope you're all getting excited for game day like I am. And this one is actually pretty important to me because it's the Arizona Coyotes. And for the Sharks, as a, as a point of pride and as a point of what they have gone through this year, I think they need to put together a really good performance to show that they are considerably better than the Coyotes. And, I, and I'm not saying that to try and, you know, gang up on the Coyotes because they're in the midst of what they're going through and they've got their stadium issues and that, that definitely happens um, in, in professional sports. But it's like for the Sharks to be what they want to be and believe that they're moving in the right direction, even in the midst of a season that is not trending towards the playoffs, um, you know, I feel like they need to be considerably better than than what we've seen out of Arizona this year. Arizona, 44 points on the board, you know, 20 wins, 37 losses, four overtime losses. You know, that's a that's a different story than the Sharks at 26, 27 and eight. I mean, that's that's 10 more losses and those 10 losses hurt a team's pride. And I'm sure Arizona is looking at like a team that is playing for pride and playing for their jobs and wanting to go out there and have a really, really good performance. So, A, it's not going to be easy because Arizona is going to be playing for their pride as well. But also, B, the Sharks, to me, need to show that they can come into this game and really be the aggressors. You know, score that first goal. Take advantage of the opportunities they have not been able to take advantage of in the last couple of games. So, to talk about all this and more, we are now joined by Shalena Goldman, who, of course, writes Sharks Hockey at NHL.com. Shalena, what's going on? How are you doing? Oh, I'm just waiting for the trade deadline to be over. This is just the most hectic time of the season. It's just the worst. It's it's wild how much is going on. And like the fact that the NHL trade deadline, the NFL has had their free agency stuff, baseball is back. It's like I feel like there is more player movement in North American sports right now than we should ever be able to handle. There's more player movement than there are actual games. It's just incredible. It's And just with what happened with baseball and the postponed spring training and how that's going, it makes it even crazier. Like, I can't even look at my tweet deck right now. It keeps refreshing. <laughs> but I think that's it's really interesting, and I hope it's something that hockey continues to take advantage of because I felt that the NFL has always done it the best. But, you know, watching this timeline in particular, um, what, you know, and obviously a, a bit when big names like Claude Giroux are on the move, it, it changes things. But I just feel like everybody is keyed in on this um, deadline, maybe more than I, I can remember, at least in the last five years. It feels like this one has been, you know, hyped a little bit more and just maybe just because there's more games going on. I, it's, it is really interesting because I've thought, I've thought about that too, and I'm not sure if it's because of the whole pandemic impact, um, you know, taking away from, but even the trade deadline, you know, what they did last year wasn't that interesting. And even a couple of years before that, um, it could be because of big names like Drew, who is going to Florida. Florida has been really active yeah. at this trade deadline. And I think that creates some excitement seeing a team that you don't typically see be as active, be, you know, or be, you know, or play as well be as active. So I, so I think that kind of adds to it that you have a lot of big names and a lot of 
teams that you don't that that you don't usually see making a lot of moves i think that creates a lot of interest as well yeah no most definitely most definitely and that you know takes us to the sharks and this is being recorded um on sunday morning as i had to think of what day it was for a second <laughs> um but you know we we've seen you know that james reimer's name has popped up as a little bit of interest and i just you know for me the way that the goaltending had been for a couple of years in san jose it, it seems to me that the Sharks would probably want to maintain what they've been able to establish this year and try and do more of a true, you know, what back and forth next year between Hill and Reimer. But at the same time, I mean, Joe Will said the other day in the Tomas Hurdle presser that they're they're always listening. Yeah, that it was really interesting. Joe, you know, Joe Will, you know, likes to hold his cards close to the vest, but uh, you know, that was something interesting that he said. He said when you know. Um, people will ask if we're buyers and sellers we are listeners mm -hmm. so you know which makes it interesting but with with, with regard to Reimer you know who isn't a UFA until 2023 e even though they're you know the Sharks are so far out of the playoff picture this is the most consistent goaltending that they've had in years because even when they went to the playoffs in 2019 and got all the way to the conference final, uh, you know, behind Martin Jones, who was not consistent and they mm -hmm. had really shoddy goaltending that entire season. Um, so the fact they finally still have, you know, someone consistent like Reimer who, you know, who played more games consistently this season than he ever has in a season in his entire career. Um, you know, it, he's still been really good. And I, I think I do foresee them. I foresee the Sharks going ahead and trying again next season to do the tandem because both Hill and Reimer aren't UFAs until 2023. I don't see a lot of movement there. We've already seen good things from Sashenko. Um, so goaltending isn't where I see them doing a whole lot of work. I think they'll want to keep what they have right now intact. What do you make of the rumors surrounding uh, Middleton? It's been really interesting. What I, I what, what was super interesting was that the biggest rumor I heard was that Boston was looking at him. You know, of course, that went out the door yesterday um, with, you know, with uh, with Lindholm going there from Anaheim. But um, I you know what, if if a team wants Middleton, he I mean, he's you know, he's young left-handed shot. Um, he's he, he can play with just about anybody. Bob has bumped him, you know, into different pairings all season. So he is a really versatile defenseman and he sticks up for his teammates. So I mean, Boston was the big one. I haven't heard exact teams, but I think he's still an option. He might be on the move. I don't think, I think it would behoove the Sharks to not move him because mm -hmm. with, you know, when you see, you know, injuries that happened this season with Eric Carlson, now with Mario Ferraro, you can't just have Burns skating a full 60 minutes. You need, <laughs> it, it, that just isn't, feasible and Burns would never admit to this but you can see it's wearing on him yeah so you need somebody consistent to be in there and you know with the exception of being out for that concussion Middleton's kind of been that guy so I think it would benefit the Sharks to you know maybe try to hold on to him you know I, I wonder about you know in terms of the Sharks planning going forward and I've been talking about this lately um, on Morning Tide is just the idea of do you plan like Eric Carlson is only going to be out there for 55 to 60 games next year? Do you start planning for the decline of Brent Burns, you know, just a little bit from one year to the next and have to use those numbers? Because actually Brent Burns, you know, he's already got 40 points this year and, you know, he's on pace for kind of similar to what he was doing, um, the pace of the 
2019-2020 season before things got shut down prematurely. So, you know, the there hasn't been maybe as much of a decline as maybe maybe people would think. It's just his goal scoring numbers are down from the you know the lofty peaks of where he was. But you know, do the Sharks have to, you know, maybe not rely as much on the ceilings of their players and kind of build around that of what maybe is more. I don't even know if reasonable is the right term, but it's just like, yeah, like Eric Carlson has consistently had to deal with injuries. You know, Brent Burns is 36 now. He's not getting any younger. Does that go into the planning, do you think? While a team would never admit that it does, I would think that for sure it does. Um, I think with, I think with um, not so much with Burns, just because he, you know, is being so, because he still has had a pretty good season. Mm-hmm. Um I think with Carlson being being hurt, I think with I think with Redeem Shimmick being in and out hurt, and their blue line still with a lot of injuries this season. So I do think when you see some of the younger, especially you know with bringing guys like you know with you know with bringing guys like Merkley up at different points in the season, I do think a team has to start looking at okay, we have these solid veteran defensemen, but between injuries and age, you do have to start factoring in okay, how do we start given more minutes to those younger, more solid guys who maybe aren't the biggest goal scorers, but can play solid D, can keep mm-hmm. the puck out of the net and can eat up some of those minutes. It'll also help them next season once, you know, or, you know, even later this season, once they get Mario Ferraro back. Yeah. Cause no. he, cause he, cause he's I mean, very quickly became a guy that ate up a lot of minutes. So having him out also hurts, but I think, that, but, I, but, but to your point, I do think that, that they need to start thinking about that in, you know, in those terms, having, you know, a healthy guys like Mario Ferraro and if Jake Middleton stays, you know, Middleton as well to kind of start eating up those minutes and taking some of the weight off of Burns and, and Carlson when he's healthy. And we heard about Bob Bugner talking about this the other night um, after the game. He was asked about, you know, offseason acquisitions and offense because I feel like all too often, I mean, we look at the, the previous game on, um, what was that, th- Friday night, You've given up two goals going into the third. If if you had a good offense, you know, I feel like that's a winnable game. I feel like there's a lot of points this year where the Sharks have only given up, you know, one or two going into the third. It's just that, you know, while the defense has gotten better, they're clearly hurting overall on offense. Even if the power play has gotten better in the second half, it's still a team that five on five generation, reliable goal scoring. That's It's not there right now, even if there are some, you, know, you you do see some bright spots with uh, what Hurdle and Timo Meyer have done this year, and you know Barbanov when healthy and Balsers. You see what they're capable of, but the, the depth isn't there clearly. It's really interesting because it's this is one of those things that we've seen since they came back from that extended Olympic break. Because before you know before that, the first couple months of the season, yeah, they were inconsistent, but they were still finding ways to score goals. One of the biggest storylines I think coming out of that long break is that they they really haven't found a groove where they've scored a ton there. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, to, you know, to your point, yes, the defense has gotten better. I do think that their defense has gotten tighter, but they're not scoring goals to make up for, you know, going into that one Oh hole, you know, in the first period or that two Oh hole it's, they do need more depth scoring. Um, and they just, it's, you know, and Bob's tinkered with the lines so many times at this point. Um, and just, it's still just, it's, it's not there. They need more depth down the, you know, down the center, I think. And even when you get some really good stuff from that, from that fourth line, cause you know, they've, you know, they've generated a lot, but yeah, it's just, no matter who you put out there, you know, if, 
if your top guys aren't scoring, if you don't have goals from a hurdle or from Timo, you're not seeing them a whole lot of other places. One of the things though, with last game is that the Sharks were generating a ton of chances, but they went up against a good goalie. Mm-hmm. And But it gets to a point even with that where it's like, okay, but you guys aren't scoring goals anyways. This doesn't look good. So that is something where offseason, they do need more scoring, especially especially from their bottom six. Yeah, it, it's interesting to watch the sustained puck possession they've been better at lately and just creating more second and third opportunities. Obviously, the reinsertion of Eric Carlson back into the lineup did uh, did worlds for them. But, you know, I, I watched the consistent missing of open nets and just the, the lack of accuracy in their offensive game. That might be the most glaring thing to me overall right now because you do feel like they're doing some good things to generate opportunities. They're just not capitalizing on it. I think it was, I believe it was the game on Friday. Barabanov had that break and had the wide, wide open net and shot it wide. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the Sharks were down like 2 nothing, I think. And that's one of the things where it's like, that's what you need. That's the goal that gets you back on the board. That's what gets you back in the game instead of them having to having to make this mad dash and at the end of the third period to get on the board and maybe make it interesting. And I, and yeah, I agree with that too, to a point there's, yeah. Um, I think their rebound control has been a bit, you know, going after rebounds has been a bit better. Um, a lot of times there's nobody there for the rebound. The puck gets cleared and they're, you know, they, and then they end up hemmed in their own zone for way too long. But yeah, it's just, I, I it, it definitely looks, definitely looked better on Friday, but yeah, there are these missed opportunities just time and again. And it's, it's, uh, Balsers talked to us after the game. He, you know, he summarized it the best. He said, it's, it's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, I can only imagine what it's like from their perspective. Um, you know, <laughs> they have the, the coyotes tonight. Uh, you know, nobody needs to dog on the coyotes. They are doing, uh, you know, a big time rebuild that's coinciding with their current stadium situation. And that's a longer discussion, but you know, I feel like the Sharks probably go into this game as a a pride thing. They must feel like, hey, guys, we have to win this. We ha- we got to beat the Coyotes in our own house. Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, and I, I think that's one of the biggest things, uh, not just with a team like, you know, like the, you know, like the Coyotes, but not winning games at home, I think is really starting to weigh on them. Um, and, you know, it, this, you know, and that happens later in the, later in the season. Once you know you're out of a playoff picture, you know, playing for things from you know from more of a pride standpoint. But you know the you know the Coyotes are below the Sharks, you know, in the conference standings, and so for them to come in, if so, if the Coyotes come in and win this game, like I mean, that's gonna that's gonna bruise the Sharks more than I mean, maybe even more so than how bad Nashville beat them. A couple yeah. weeks ago so so this is something that's a good measuring stick you know game i know it doesn't mean much with just a month left in the season but this is you know one of the things that hurdle said during his during his zoom presser earlier this week is you know we've played some good hockey this team has potential and so this is a good time to put that out there and show that yeah this you know this team isn't completely down and out isn't going to be down and out for years to come that they can actually you know, put, you know, put a win on the board against a team that isn't the, the Kings. What do you think of the the signal that was sent by the, the Tomas hurdle extension? It's really interesting. I, I'm probably one of the few people on the beat who didn't think he was going to get traded. Um, I, I always got the impression the biggest, the biggest thing was term mm-hmm. with him staying. I always got the impression that he wanted to stay that, 
that you know that a deal would happen that it, it i think it really showed that that the sharks are not looking to do a complete rebuild i know that there are a lot of fans that are not going to like that but they're not looking to have a complete rebuild they like some of the pieces that they have mm-hmm. and they're, they're going to keep a core together um, i think the core that they're looking to build around right now is going to be hurdle and timo meyer i think those are your guys that you're building around um and i but i think that was the biggest thing you know you, you know you have aging players you know you have you know logan you know logan kutcher is getting older eric carlson's getting older brent burns um i think you're looking at guys like hurdle meyer and mario ferraro that they're going to be building their team around and that starts with signing hurdle to that long extension yeah no well said well shalena always a pleasure i know that uh, just like me you've got to get ready to get to the tank so i will let you go but uh appreciate your time we'll do it again soon all right and in time buddy Again, that was Shalana Goldman of NHL.com joining us here on the buildup. Of course, lots of stuff going on around hockey with the trade deadline looming tomorrow. Of course, we've heard some names bandied about with the Sharks. Of course, up until last week, Tomas's hurdle had been out there in a lot of different conversations and timelines. Of course, we'd heard the talk of Jake Middleton. We'd heard the talk now in the last uh, little bit this morning of James Reimer. And I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with Shalana on that one that I feel that it's like you've got a good situation. And I, I really look at next year with the one-two punch of a more experienced Aiden Hill. And then again, James Reimer. I, I know that people are saying, well, Reimer has never played, you know, consistently this well throughout his career. I'm like, ah, I don't feel like you've been watching enough hockey to say that, A. But also, B, like, it could be indicative of a good situation with the Bokov, right? Like, if Nabby sees something in his game that he's been able to make that much better or more effective or fix an error or a problem, and you see what a dedicated professional that Reimer is, you know, I just... You know, to me, that's that's everything. That's everything you want to have in a situation like, yeah, you get a player on a good value who meet, meets up with your coaching staff and turns into an even better player and is playing some of the best hockey of their career. My God, you can't ask for a better situation than that. And that doesn't mean that there won't be movement. I can't say that there won't be movement on any player, right? I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying that situations like these, like you see with Reimer, are exactly what you hope for. You hope that you get a player on a good value deal that comes into your situation and becomes that much better because your staff identified something and said, we know he's good and we think we can make him better. So obviously that's that's part of the discussion, no doubt. Um, but you can't help but be excited for what you know the future holds for the Sharks, even though right now it's not the prettiest timeline for the San Jose Sharks. They're obviously... You know, they're not in it right now. And that's what's tough. You look at what's going on in the overall hockey sense and the teams that are making acquisitions and trying to make themselves a better team. Yeah, you were here as a Sharks fan not too long ago. But right now, you know, that final spot is occupied by the Knights. They've got 72 points, and that's 12 in front of where the Sharks are. Now, the Sharks, 21 games left to play. It seems almost insurmountable, which it mathematically almost is. I think the other night they said it on the broadcast. Sharks have a 1% chance of making it. I don't give up hope personally until it's all said and done and they're eliminated from playoff contention. But at the same time, that doesn't mean I'm a fool. I, I look at the reality of the situation and say, okay, where are they? Where do they want to be and what do they need to do to get there? And does that mean there might be some tough moves along the way where you have to trade somebody or you have to make a move, whatever it's going to be? Yeah, totally. I understand exactly those things. I know exactly how they play out. I know exactly what it's like to have been there. I've been in sports my entire life. Painful decisions need to be made and painful decisions oftentimes are made, but it's done in the vein of making a team better in the future. And I'm listen, I'm just speculating on this. I have no idea what the Sharks front office is going to do, but you know, anything could happen. 
I think, you know, Joe Will said the other day very clearly that they're always listening. And I think the Sharks are listening to deals right now that they feel have the potential to make them better next year. I don't think, like we've talked about many times before, this is not, you know, better in three or four years. This is what are they going to do to put themselves back in contention one year from now. And obviously, big one tonight, and that the Sharks want to play for their own pride and take care of a team they feel they are better than in their own building playing host to the Arizona Coyotes. That wraps it up for this edition of The Build-Up. I'll be with you tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.